again, welcome to Chino Valley Community Church. I did a little uh, entry poll as you were coming in, and I think the average bedtime for this service last night was 9 o'clock. So this is definitely the party crowd. I expect you to really live up to that um, reputation. And, uh, you know, the first Sunday of, of every year, it's been our tradition to have a focus on missions. Every year, the first Sunday, we've designated to focus our minds and our hearts on missions as a church. And here's why. I think it's a lost focus in Christendom, especially in the U.S. and especially in churches in California. So much of our focus is on church attendance and church size and campus building, and we don't keep our focus on kingdom of God. And so that's why every year for the last number of years, we've taken the first Sunday of every, every year to focus our minds back on the kingdom focus of God. If those of you who know me know that I grew up in a family dedicated and focused on missions. My, my great-grandparents uh, were missionaries in Central Africa. In fact, my great-grandmother was one of the first female doctors licensed in the U.S., and she took that degree, and my great-grandfather and headed off to Central Africa. My, their daughter, my grandmother... Uh, met my grandfather and they got married and she convinced him to leave the comforts of the U.S. and they shipped off to the same area, Central California, to teach in that seminary where they could train uh, indigenous leaders to be leaders of their culture and their community. My aunt and uncle ended up going uh, to that same region later on. I mean, I was brought up with this mindset and focus and culture of missions. If there was a mission organization with a weird acronym, I mean, I was writing some of them down, WMC, CMA, YWAM. I mean, I was affiliated with all of them because of my family. And it really brought me to a spot early on in my life to ask a question. Why missions? I mean, why has my family for generations put so much of a focus on missions why is it a generation ago that churches put so much of their money and their emphasis and their focus on missions? And why is it that my grandparents keep trying to drill this aspect of missions, the global kingdom of God, into my mind? So that set me off on a little personal pilgrimage from my own sanity. Why missions? And I want to share... Just some of those reasons. There's a lot of reasons. If you have more than reasons I'm going to go over today, let me know. We're going to keep this short because after all, it's New Year's. But <laughs> here's some verses. Here's why. First reason why I think missions is God's plan has always been global. God's plan from the very beginning has been global. It's not about California. It's not about the U.S. solely. God's plan has always been about his global kingdom. Look at what he said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3. He said this, the Lord said to Abraham, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. He continued and said, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. And look at this, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the way back in Genesis, God's plan was global. 
It's not just about you. It's not just about your home. It's not just about our church. It's not just about our community. Early on in Genesis, God's plan has been global. Look at what he said in Exodus after the people of Israel were rescued from slavery in Egypt and brought to the presence of God. God said this to them, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine. And look at this. And you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a, a, priest and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. After they were rescued from slavery in Egypt, brought before the presence of God, God said, I will make you a great nation. Why? So you can be a blessing to the world. You're going to be an instrument of God. For the entire area, Israel was to be their priests, his priests to the world. Look at what Peter, Peter took that same type of verbiage when he was working with the early church. He said this, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Talking about that same, bringing that same imagery back in Exodus to the church today. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Yeah, first reason why missions, why we're supposed to have this global mindset God's plan has always been global. God's heart has always been global. In fact, look at how things end. Look at Revelation 7. I put that up here too. He says, after these things I looked. This is the perspective of John. He said, after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God who sits on the throne, the Lamb of God. The first answer to our question, my, why missions? And God's plan has always been global. It began in Genesis with this global vision and it ends with a picture of every tribe, every nation, every color, every language coming together, praising God together first reason why missions needs to still be an important part of church and Christians' lives. God's plan has always been global. There's another reason why. I think even today, missions needs to be on our mind. First, God's plan's always been global, so should ours. And second, we're empowered for it. I mean, a quintessential part of why we are here is to be a part of missions. I mean, first thing that, and two aspects of why I think that. Number one, when Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us to pray about it. Remember when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. This is what Jesus said, pray then. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then look, the very first thing, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we want your kingdom. And we just went over a picture of that. Every tribe, every nation, every language, every color. Man, God, we want your kingdom here. 
Why do we kick every year off with a focus of missions? God's plan has always been global. And so I think we need to keep that mindset and make sure that our plan is always global as well. And second, God's empowered us for it. He's empowered us to pray for it. Spend time as people praying for the kingdom of God to continue to grow and to grow here, that it's a, it's a here and now and a future thing, that prayer. That we can begin to experience it now. And it's a great plug, great reminder, first Monday of every month, some of us gather in this room to pray. Seven o'clock, first Monday night, rain, shine, usually right here, first Monday night every month. We're in here praying. There's no worship, there's no snacks. There's no coffee, no donuts. We're just here praying. We pray for our ministry of the church. Pray for the needs of the church. We pray for other churches in the Chino Valley. We pray for the kingdom of God around the globe. Why? We're empowered to do it. We're instructed to do it. Why missions? Why should a church like ours in the middle of California why should we be involved in missions? Number one, God's plan's always been global. So our plan should be global too. Number two, we're empowered for it. We're empowered to pray. But again, look at look what something else Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. He said this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end the age at the end of of his earthly ministry as he's preparing to ascend into heaven god makes sure that all of his people know that they're empowered to be involved in missions not just making disciples in their home not just making disciples in their home go therefore into all the world making disciples of all nations and again we're in the middle of our study of the book of acts and we've been talking about this is the foundational element of the book of Acts. The book of Acts makes no sense if you don't remember Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 is the foundational element of what God did for the remainder of the book. And Jesus said this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There's so much argument about the Holy Spirit, what he does today, what he doesn't do today. We know what he does today. At least one part empowers us. The Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, even to the remote parts of the earth. Why is missions important? You've been empowered for it. God's plan's always been kingdom or God's plan has always been global. So our plan should be global. And God has empowered us to be a part of missions to be his witness, not just here, but around the world. And that's why as a church, I gotta tell you, one of the things that I loved most about this church when I came here 20 years ago was this dedication to missions. Here's a little bit of an insight of what we're involved in, 14 different countries. And again, to remind you, we're not looking to build little CVCCs all over the world. We're looking to build kingdom of God all over the world. We want to equip indigenous leaders to reach their people for the kingdom of God. So sometimes all they need is resources. Sometimes they need training. Sometimes they need us. Our commitment, our goal, we just want to see God's kingdom 
on earth as it is in heaven. Even a small, imperfect image of it. We want to see it around the world. 14 different countries, five different continents. Over 40 national pastors and missionaries and their families. More than 15 local ministries and churches around our community that we partner with. 10% of our annual budget is designated for missions. I like how Victor put that. 10% is designated. That doesn't mean we just spend 10%. As a church, we spend over 10% on missions every year. Why? God's plan has always been global. I think for some reason, especially in Southern California, our focus has become so narrow about our church, our attendance, our impact. The reason we designate the first Sunday of every year for missions is to remind us it's not about us. It's about the kingdom of God. God's plan has always been global. And each and every one of us has been empowered to be a part. I want to be clear about this. Missions isn't just our call as a church. It's your call as a Christian. I firmly believe every Christian is called and empowered to be in part of missions. I don't know about you. I grew up with this image that people involved in missions were like the super spiritual people, right? I mean, they're the people that they just like shopping at Goodwill. They like eating at different cultural places, right? They love to just wake up early on the first in the morning and read their Bible. Like they just have this higher level of spirituality than everyone else. But each and every one of us can be involved in missions. That's the second thing I want to share with you. Man, this commitment to missions, it's a huge part of the heart of God. His plan has always been global and he's empowered each and every one of us to be a part of it. So how? How in 2023 can each one of us be more a part of missions? I have three encouragements, three, three things for you to consider. First, personal evangelism. Just sharing your faith. One of the greatest blessings we have in, in, this, in Southern California is the majority of the world comes to us. And this is one of the most diverse places in the world right here, Southern California. Man, you want to make an impact in the globe. Share your faith right here. You don't know the impact that you'll have. I mean, just in part of our church here, we have Philippines. We have Indonesia. We have Eastern Europe. We have Africa. We have South America. We have Mexico. Parts of North America. I mean, all of those are present here. The global impact that we can have by sharing our faith here. You know, statistics tell us that if every Christian in the Chino Valley shared their faith twice a year and the Holy Spirit came back at a 20% success ratio, and I think he's way more successful than that, but let's just say, if every Christian in the Chino Valley shared their faith twice a year and the Holy Spirit was successful one-fifth of the time, at the end of the year, churches all the churches in the Chino Valley wouldn't have enough seats to hold the results. Man, personal evangelism, you want to be a part of missions. Brian, I, I can't travel. Brian, I don't have money to go. Brian, I, I have really weird eating things, which, me too. 
Share your faith. We have these Bibles available to you. Most of you know this. We have hundreds of these. Hundreds of these. In the, in the front covers, a plan, just questions to ask. How do you share your faith? Brian, I just don't know how to share my faith in a non-kooky way. That's why we built these Bibles for you. Well, God built the Bibles. We put the stickers in the front. <laughs> just ask questions. You don't have to go door to door. You don't have to talk to a stranger. I'm convinced God's put at least one person in every one of our lives who has yet to hear the glory of God. Take a Bible. Have a conversation. It gives you great questions to ask, to open it up. Biblical truths in here with page numbers and questions at the end. On the other side, there's other questions that you can just interact with over coffee. These are here for you. Why? Because we think every Christian needs to be a part of missions. One great way for maybe you to consider 2023 taking a step and being a part of missions, personal evangelism, share your faith. Twice a year. Twice this year, share your faith. If every Christian did it in the Chino Valley, all the churches in the Chino Valley would run out of space. It'd be a huge problem. Here's another thing to consider. Number one, how can you be involved in personal evangelism? Number two, local ministry. We partner with a number of local ministries in the area. Uh, number one, Food for Life. That was a ministry that was, that was started right here from someone within our own church. Food for Life Ministry is a, is a food bank that offers food to the most needy people in our community, but not only offers food, but they offer prayer and they offer the truth of the gospel to everyone who comes get, to get food. They have Bible studies in two languages. Food for Life is one way. You want to be a part of missions, but you don't want to travel. You don't like to go other countries. You're worried about diseases. Go to Food for Life. Partner with them. Feed the hungry, share the gospel. Options, a women's care center, that's one of our newer ministries. It's a ministry that, that ministers to families in one of the most vulnerable times of their lives. Unexpected pregnancies. And they tell me it's not just teens. In fact, the majority of their clientele isn't teens. It's newly married People in the midst of their careers who have an unexpected pregnancy and they're not sure what to do. Options Women's Care Center helps minister to families in one of the most vulnerable times of their lives and brings them the gospel and helps them understand the power of life. Man, you want to be a part of missions and you don't want to travel. Options Women's Care Center is a great place for you to minister, to partner, to meet with families one of the most frightening times of their lives, help them see the truth of God and experience the mercy of God. Samaritan's Purse, another ministry we're a part of. We partner with them in two different ways. One, Operation Christmas Child, right here, we pack boxes. Thousands and thousands of boxes that have gifts to marginalized kids around the world who have yet to hear the glory of God where they get a gift and they get the gospel message connected to a church, ministered to. It all happens right here. You don't have to travel to be a part of missions. You can do it all right here. We also partner with Samaritan's Purse with disaster relief. You know, it just seems like every month we're hearing about something, a flood, a hurricane, a tornado, a fire. 
Samaritan's Purse is a Christian organization run by uh, Billy Graham's son, Franklin. And so we, we go and we help with disaster relief, but every home and every area that Samaritan's Purse ministers to and helps them with their physical needs, every one of them gets prayed for, every one of them hears the gospel and gets connected to a local church. So fourth area, release time Christian education. That's one of our, one of our newer ones. You want to be a part of missions. You want to be a part of bringing the gospel to kids. Release time Christian education brings a bus in front of many of the schools and elementary schools in the Chino Valley where kids can go and hear truths of scripture right there. Release time Christian education. We're looking for bus drivers. We're looking for people who love to tell stories about God to kids. Four great areas. You want to be a part of missions. You want to be taken. 2023, take a step forward because God's plan's always been global. And God's empowered all of us to be a part of it. One way to do it, just share your faith twice a year. Or be a part of a local ministry. Or it impacts more than just your home, your family. It begins to open our eyes to something bigger than us. Well, the third area I'd like to ask you to consider Sharing your faith, local ministries, or short-term mission trip. Here's a quick video, watch this. Hey CVCC, my name is Keith McNichols. I'm the Director of Missions. We're excited today to be announcing our short-term trips for 2023. This year, we're planning trips to Ecuador, Estonia, Hungary, Moldova, and Gleanings right here in California. So why go on a short-term trip? Well, externally, we're called to encourage and support and be connected to our brothers and sisters from around the world. We form long-term, ongoing relationships. We go to help in whatever means they need, and we jointly strategize and plan for the future and deepen our relationships. Internally, people go on these trips to have a more focused time with God. We all live such busy lives, and short-term missions trips provide the opportunity to slow down a little bit, get focused for a short period of time, and to open our eyes to what God is doing all around the world. You'll see people connecting and worshiping God different and sometimes deeper than you have time to do here at home. It's the chance to see God in a new, bigger perspective, connect with our partners, make deeper relationships with people here in our own church. I think it's the closest thing we have to a modern day pilgrimage. Today, we just wanna plant the seed for you to consider investing your time and resources in a short-term trip or helping somebody else through prayer or financially. If interested, connect with us here at the, on Sundays at the Info Center via the website or social media or beginning January 7th, right in the courtyard. You can come by, ask a question. We're happy to help and to uh, help you along in your journey. Guys, there we go. These guys are um, leaders of our church. No one wants to talk. Jeff, come on close to me. I showered, I promise. <laughs> so these guys are leaders in our church. These are guys that I consider personal friends, and they're also people who are leading different mission trips this summer. And I wanted to bring them up in front of you to share a, a few things. First, I want to, you know, one of the things I love about short-term missions allows you to see what God is doing outside of our own backyard. 
I love taking my kids on mission trips because all of a sudden God gets bigger and we get smaller as we see God's activity at work all over the world in the same ways he's working with us. And when you're on a mission trip, you see the global kingdom of God at work. All of a sudden, our role becomes so much less important in our own eyes and more important of what God's doing around the world. So Jeff, I know you've been involved in Ecuador in that mission trip for 10, 11, 12 years I remember the first time I went to Ecuador, our church was not doing well financially. Uh, you remember this? And Jeff challenged us to give a gift to partner with Free Wheelchair Mission to bring wheelchair to some of the most marginalized people in the world right there in Ecuador. Uh, and, and we took that step of faith uh, with you. And God's been doing amazing things in Ecuador, well, before us, but certainly since us. So can you just share... What are you excited about what God's doing in the area of Ecuador? Well, first of all, that year, we really didn't have any idea what we were doing. <laughs> so if you don't have any idea what you're doing and you don't want to go on a mission trip, you'll fit in perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm excited about Latin America. My wife is Latin American. Her dad was a Spanish-speaking pastor, and I got interested early on. So I, I speak Spanish like at a two-year-old level. So, uh, but I speak uh, Russian, not. So I, I, I chose Latin America. So, um, so we went down there on our first trip, and at the end of the trip, we partnered with a great partner there. They're like the lens crafters of Ecuador. They have about 60 offices around the country, and they use their proceeds for the poor. It's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> on the way out, though, and they have doctors and stuff visiting from around the world, <clears throat> and they, they said that, you know, a lot of people come here uh, with humanitarian help for the poor. And you did, but you bring God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're really excited about, Chino Valley Community Church. And uh, so they give us all kinds of credit, you know, like uh, uh, everything's branded Chino Valley Community Church, Free Wheelchair Mission. And they really make a big deal of us, but we, we get to touch people on a mass level, uh, like the size of the congregation here today in a distribution of 50 wheelchairs. Everybody gets to hear you know, the, uh, about why we're there. We're followers of Jesus, disciples of Christ. And, uh, and uh, please let our team be Jesus to you today and touch each of you and pray for you and things. So um, it's, it's a pretty cool thing that it's kind of like the next thing to a mass healing that you'll see people get lifted into wheelchairs and they, they go away with this help that they might not have had for 50 years in their life. So I'm really excited about just taking the love of God to the individual poor person and leaving them with more than just a humanitarian wheelchair, but leaving them with the gospel. Yeah, I think though what I love about what Jeff and Jorge do in Ecuador is I don't know any other missionary where you can bring someone who is stranded, literally living in the dirt, lift them up and give them mobility for the first time in their lives and then give them the gospel of Jesus Christ where they're taught that God loves them so much. Not only did he give them a son, but he sent people to give them mobility in their life and connect them to a ministry that will follow up, continue to train them. I got to tell you, Ecuador is uh, one of the trips that uh, my oldest son, Andrew, has been on multiple times. It has transformed his life. Uh, and it's a great first step. You're like, Brian, I don't do missions. 
I, tell, I didn't think Jeff would do missions either. And here he is leading a trip to Ecuador. It's an amazing time. I really want to encourage you, prayerfully consider. It's, it's not much of a time zone change. You don't have a lot of jet lag, but it's a great opportunity to bring the gospel of Christ to some of the least of these in our world. So uh, Darren, Darren leads our Hungary trip. So Darren, can you just share a little bit about um, what God is doing in Hungary? Okay. Um, was that the question I told you? I was yes, it okay. was. You're this, looking at me this like, is, uh... This is the look of a bass player with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've been going to Hungary, I think, for six years now. Um, it, was, it was pretty amazing to me to see the Hungarian people who have been conquered throughout hundreds of years. They're just a defeated culture. There's not much hope. Over these last six years, we've been going, and we've been with Bill Drake Band, and we've been sharing. This last year, more people came to Christ in this last year than all other years combined. Mm. This next year, we have the opportunity to go to five high schools and do an hour and a half um, presentation for the high schools in the gym. So, I mean, it's just exciting what God is doing there. Well, and Hungary is a time where God has brought so many people into Hungary because of that whole war in Ukraine, right? Yeah. So the Hungarian church is not only reaching their own people, but they're reaching people from other lands as well right there as an opportunity. Our, our first two concerts were fundraisers for the Ukrainian refugees. And it was just incredible. I'm a crybaby too, so. <laughs> but it was just incredible what God has done in that in that place. And, and I don't know if it was COVID, lockdowns, everything going on in the world, but this last year, people seemed hungry for huh. the Lord. Pun intended. Yeah. yeah. Hungry and hungry for the Lord. It was, it, it really, I was so excited. Yeah. Even getting COVID there, I was still excited. But you won't. You won't <laughs> if you go. You'll be fine. Uh, so if you have a heart for high school, we would love to have you come join us this year. And, um, you know, most of the kids speak English there, so it, it's pretty easy um, communicating with the young kids there. Yeah. Seems like most of the world speaks another language other than us. Right. Like, we're the, really the only country that everyone, like, maybe speaks English. Everyone else, like, they speak two. Yeah. Two, People my languages. age speak Russian. My age up, Russian. Younger than me down, English. So, yeah. so, all right. Thank you, Darren. You pass that to Victor. So Victor's been working with our ministry in Moldova. Moldova is the poorest nation uh, in Europe, uh, also heavily impacted by the war in Ukraine. So Victor, you share what's God, what's God doing in Moldova? Yeah, he just took two of the things I was going to say. Oh, so I'm really excited about Moldova. <laughs> Number one, because its neighbor is, is at war, right? Uh, they're Ukraine. Um, so it's always great to see God somehow still do great things in, in that situation. Number two, it is the poorest country in Europe. Um, the needs are great, right? Both financially, uh, government, organization, church needs, everything. So, uh, and number three is that it's only been a independent democratic country for about 30 years. So the people... Uh, the government, the business, everything is, is almost like a blank canvas, right? So if you're, if you're kind of, so I'm, I'm really excited about that because you, when we go there, there, 
there's an impact that you can, you can make, right? You're, you're drawing on that blank canvas. You're helping um, shape the, the destiny of that, that country, if you will. So um, if you're ready to see God do some great things, Moldova it is. You know, Moldova is one of the few places I think there's more people wanting to be pastors than money to fund them. Yeah. Like in America, we're, I mean, there's more churches closing than opening, especially after COVID. There's more pastors retiring and resigning and dying than pastors coming in. Not Moldova. Yeah. Moldova, yeah. there's people waiting in line, waiting for the opportunity to plant a church in an unreached part of that country. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but all, almost all of the pastors that we work with there uh, missionaries, they actually have to go and get a full-time job while pastoring, while they're being a missionary in a, in a village or in a town. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been working with the Baptist Union there. They tell us we have 15, 20, 25 missionary families that are ready to go, but we don't have money to support them. So, in fact, one of the things that we do there is we put together a retreat for the, the, the pastors and the missionaries that we work with to, really help them to hopefully train them a little bit, get them some time to, to refresh and, and rejuvenate and, um, and send them back out again. So Great. Well, we have two other areas. Stephen. Stephen is our college pastor. He's also the leader of our Estonia trip. Estonia is one of the newer regions of ministry that we partner with. So Stephen, um, tell us a little bit about why people should join the Estonia trip. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the best way I can describe Estonia is the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. The church in Estonia is very small. It's less than one and a half percent evangelical of their whole population. And you can really sense that when you're over there. And so I really want to encourage you to consider joining me uh, and some other friends in Estonia next year. Uh, there's many different opportunities to serve with us in Estonia. We have two specific ways. Uh, one is more of a VBS style. So if, if VBS is where you like to serve here at this church, then that would be a great fit for you. And the other one is with uh, Josiah Venture, which uh, might be a sports camp. It might be an English camp. We're still working out the details. But especially to you young adults, um, to... Uh, the upperclassmen of, of high school age, college, young adults, I really want to encourage you to come. Last year, we had a great turnout. We had uh, someone on our team that had never been on a plane before, and he flew with us all the way to Estonia. So uh, if he could do that, then you can do it as well. But I really encourage you uh, to consider joining uh, us in Estonia. Um, the, the children over there who we're, we're working with, who we're interacting with, uh, they're growing up in broken homes and in a secular society. And so they, you see the, as they're getting older into the teenage years, they're, they're, their hearts and their eyes, they're losing hope and it's being darkened. And so we have an opportunity as a church to partner with um, churches in Estonia who are they have a lot of work to do in their cultures that are broken, and they really appreciate us going all the way over there to their little country in Eastern Europe and showing them that we care. And um, just the fact that we're there, Americans coming all the way to their country, opens up the door for us to share the gospel. So uh, please, I encourage you to uh, consider joining us in Estonia.
Estonia is actually one of the least evangelized countries in all the world, um, with less than 2% people uh, Christian in the country. Um, so it's a great first step because it's very westernized, yeah. um, but don't mistake westernized with Christianized mm. um, because they're very, there are people who have lost their perspective. Again, similar to Moldova after centuries of being conquered and dominated, uh, they've lost the image of who God is and who he can be. Yeah, and if you're one last plug, if you're a history buff or you like uh, Soviet architecture, they were in the Soviet Union. So you see their uh, Soviet-style architecture, but uh, like Brian said, they're, they're trying to westernize it and beautify it a little bit, but it's uh, slow-moving, so you still get a taste of that, that Soviet archi- uh, architecture. Love that you're using Soviet architecture as a plug for your mission trip. So, so our newest trip, Mike Lou, Mike Lou and his wife Natalie, they lead our gleanings trip, and that's in Central California. Mike, uh, share a little bit about why uh, people might want to join you for your trip. Yeah, so uh, kind of like the first thing that you said is location. So uh, it's actually located in Dinuba, which is about 45 minutes away from Fresno. So from from Churchill, from uh, Chino Valley, it's about a four-hour uh, uh, four hours away by car. So for, for those of you that are looking for something closer, maybe you're concerned about going on an airplane, uh, this is the trip for you. Uh, the other thing that's great about Gleanings is, um, you know, you get to serve alongside your CVCC family. So last, uh, last summer, we were, uh, we were blessed to serve a great group of people. We had about 30 plus people go from, from CVCC. And uh, one of the great things about Gleanings is they really welcome people of all ages. You can be a young toddler, you can be a grandparent, great-grandparent age. Uh, you can come by yourself, you can come with your families, you can come with your friends. It's just it's a place that really we can all kind of come and serve together. So I would say that's number two, just serving alongside your CVCC's church family. And number three, just it's an awesome way to see God work. Uh, I, I'm just amazed at like what they're doing over there. So what they do is they actually pack like fruit and produce that would be, you know, would have gone to waste here in America. And they turn that into dry peaches, they turn into like a dry soup mix, we pack beans, like dry beans and they get shipped to, they partner with different Christian organizations around the world, and these things that would have gone to waste, they get sent to countries like, the, you know, uh, countries like the, uh, Ukraine, for example, and, and yeah, they, and then as part of that, the gospel, you know, kind of get, you know, gets shared. So that's why they call it gleanings for the hungry, because, you know, the, the food that they kind of prepare, uh, it gets sent to uh, countries around the world, and yeah, it's, it's a week of hard work, I'll, I'll say that. Um, I've never seen so many peaches in my life, and at times I wonder by the late afternoon, uh, you know, how many more peaches are we going to dry? But, but yeah, it's, it's awesome to see God at work. So. I think one of the things I love about Mike's trip is, you know, I was brought up in a family with a mindset and heart for missions, and, and where else can we get that? Where do we get to serve God together as a family and be a part of something that's global? And, and without, you know, having to send four, you know, spend four tickets for a family to get them to another part of the country. And this is a great opportunity where kids all the way from, what was the youngest kid who was there? Uh, five. Five. Yeah. So they had anywhere from five to well over five, we'll just say that, uh, <laughs> serving together as family, not just a church family, but, but nuclear families as well. And so uh, these, I wanted to bring these guys up here because I know that taking a step into missions can be daunting, can be frightening, can be a little bit nerve wracking. And I wanted to bring them up. Like these are five people that I know and trust. These are five people that I consider friends. These are people that I have sent have sent or would send my own children with to other parts of the country. I trust them all that much. And these are guys that I think would love you and support you and would love to 
take this step of missions with you. You know, as a church in the past, we've, we've sent 75, 80, 90, over 100 people out on missions. I mean, some of the lowest attended Sundays uh, are during mission trips because everyone's gone. Uh, and I love that. And so my heart and my hope is that you would consider joining one of these trips. You can start applying. Uh, applications are online, uh, on our webpage, on our app. There's also applications at the information center as you leave, or just take their picture, uh, look for them on Sundays. They'd love to help you out. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There's one last guy I want to introduce you to, if you don't know him. This is Keith McNichols, and this is how um, committed we are to this idea of missions. We have a church leader who is tasked, if I can use that term, uh, to serve you with uh, help you be involved in missions in 2023. So, Keith, can you just share a, lo a little bit about how you can support them in being involved more in missions this year? Absolutely. And my apologies, you had to see me on video, and now you got to see me live. So... Double the fun. Um, no, it's like my job, my role here at CVCC is to help coordinate all these different things that we're doing around the world and our short-term missions. And, uh, but I'm also here to really help you. Um, my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents were farmers in Kansas. They were not in Africa. They didn't do anything really about missions. And so my journey in the missions world sort of started about 20 years ago. And I'd be happy to share that with you help you sort of find your niche, whether that's praying for somebody, whether that's helping somebody go on a short-term trip by praying for them, supporting them financially, taking care of their dog, their kids, their house while they're gone. There's a million different ways that you can help, and I'd be happy to help you kind of plug into that. Um, my role is to sort of help to set a buffet of opportunities so that you can find the opportunity that, that fits and, and suits you. And um, happy to meet with you, talk on the phone, email. Um, the next four Sundays, I'll be out in the courtyard. You can grab me there. I'll give you my email address. We can talk. Happy to help in any way that I can. Um, we're here for you, just to help you plug in the way that's right for you. So there you go. Well, we believe, Keith and I believe that, uh, you know, as a church, we exist to glorify God by being and making disciples of Christ. And one key aspect of your personal discipleship is being a part of the global kingdom of God. It's because God's plan has always been global. God has empowered each and every one of us to be a part of it. So these are just some of the opportunities. And, and Keith is here uh, for the remainder of the year, not up here, but he'll be in, uh, at work within our church to be a resource, to equip and empower you. But I truly believe that this commitment to missions is not just a church thing. It's got to be an individual Christian thing because this is what's in God's heart. Uh, and we want to see it a part of your heart as well. Will you pray with me? Father God, again, we're here as a church and we're thankful for all that you have equipped us for and blessed us with. So God, our desire, my heart, my desire, God, to help us to see your kingdom as you do. God, you've taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, help us to be more focused on your work, your vision, your passion, your kingdom here on earth. We're tired of fighting over our kingdom. God, help us to have more of a mind this year about yours. And God, give us our daily bread. Give us what we need. Help us to be content 
with what you have provided. And God, we ask even as we begin this new year, we ask that you continue to forgive us of our failures and our debts. And God, we promise that we will continue to work hard to forgive those who wrong us. God, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, we pray you be at work, protect us from doing something stupid that would jeopardize your work, your ministry, in our lives, in our homes, in our church, and around our world. And God, give us faith. God, give us a viewpoint and a faith and a truth that yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the power forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Last reason why I love doing missions on the first Sunday of the year is because it's also a communion day. We celebrate communion as a church, first Sunday of every month as a reminder, not just of what God has done for us, but the commitment that we have made to God. The Apostle Paul said this, he said, as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the power of the Lord Jesus Christ until he returns. A huge part of what we're here to do is not just celebrate what God has done in our lives, but to allow that to permeate our souls and reflect through our lives, not just here, but around the world. So as the ushers come forward, they'll begin releasing you to come and grab the elements. And if you're a believer, if you're here as a follower of Christ, I wanna invite you to come and take a piece of bread and a cup and then return back to your seat. And a question I'd like to ask you to consider is where can you take more of a step towards missions this year in 2023? What's one step you can take to be a part of the global kingdom of God this year?